Hello everyone, I am Sandeep and today I'll be having conversation with Patikrit. Saurabh. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the first thing, Patikrit. So how was your individual journey with technology? So journey. as in, when did you first interact with technology? What was the first instance? Do you remember? Um, if you like, I, I really challenge any, any millennial these days, like to just think back to a time when they did not interact with technology. Like it's, it's, it's always the same thing for me because the, you know, I, I think the first thing that I ever saw was a TV, right? That's the earliest memory I have. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was kind of fascinating because it was, it was like one of these really old TVs. It had eight channels, right? And um, mm-hmm. color TV, but, yeah. you know, with a cathode ray tube. And it was something from the 80s. But, uh, yeah, that was my first um, interaction with technology. Okay. Do you remember its brand? Or No. No. <laughs> no. That no. was. But uh, okay, yeah, that's that's it was old. Like, like there were, can you imagine? There were like eight channels that you had to press. Like there were buttons individually for eight different channels. And yes, uh, yeah, it was it was one of those old TVs. But it it, it was surprisingly um, there till like mid two thousands. Wow, I think yeah. I think both point that. Uh, Purana technologies live lived longer, I should say. Oh, I yeah. think for some reason. Yeah. They were made to last. You know, it was not it was not like, oh yeah, I'll buy this phone for like two years and then throw it away because <laughs> the specs are like too old. You know, that was not a case with television. So uh, you you did find like old televisions in people's houses, and that was one of them. Nice. So, did it fascinate you in some way, or like some other technology down the road fascinated you? It was. It was not like okay. So, obviously, like every kid questions how. I mean, I don't know. I I guess I question how some random picture can come onto the screen of anything. Like, how is it generated and stuff? And I never understood it. I remember there was some sort of a problem with the TV and some guy came to fix it and opened the back panel with, you know, the entire large uh, CRT behind it, like with electron guns and stuff. And there were like wires and stuff. And I was, I sort of understood, like there was some sort of light that was being projected on that, on that screen, but I never understood how. So, okay. I discovered what, pixels were okay i went really close to the screen like my parents would shout about why like do not go near the screen do not like stay <laughs> away from the screen of course now we have like the uh, you know the virtual reality glasses like it's screen right in front of your eyes shoved in front of your eyes <laughs> back then you should maintain like 10 feet of distance so uh no, I went really close to the screen and I saw individual pixels come up. And then I realized, oh, okay, there are like 
thousands of lights inside of this and that's how it's working uh, but of course that's not the entire story but that's you know that satisfied my curiosity so it was fascinating but i guess that was the first thing i found fascinating and then i saw other television that was more fascinating than that just that television right because they were so different like there were flat screen tvs and there were like other sorts of tvs like when i moved to nagpur we got the we got a you know a samsung a modern sort of television and it was like how can you know the same technology like was being used in both of them i, I assumed they were completely different right but then i understood they have underlying uh, principles in them and that is that was fascinating the same principle was in that tv and in this tv which had like like some 100 200 channels like you know. awesome yeah so uh, do you also remember those black and white screens when signal used to go out and it oh, used yeah. to seem black ants are having some race or something oh yeah yeah the static <laughs> yes <laughs> i i all now i remember that i used to get fascinated by that but i never knew the reason about it oh well i wonder why it is happening but yeah yeah that's that's a good question like i i don't know yeah. i don't remember thinking much about it except that i was really annoyed i was annoyed why is this happening where is my show <laughs> i know <laughs> after no, no fascination like i was really angry basically <laughs> yeah what about yeah. sorrow no oh. my first interaction with tech was very rudimentary in terms of uh, you know it was you can't actually call it tech but uh, for a small boy playing with toys uh, hmm. is something like a tech tech thing right um yeah. so 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 my parents got me this small uh, mechanics set if you remember back in the days oh, have yeah, any yeah. Uh, any of you guys played with it yeah i think it has yeah yeah nice thing so yeah. that that thing uh, so simple things like you you have this uh, you know it's like a lego set uh, you can build things out of uh, small pieces there are yeah. screws and there are um, you know wheels and there's some some plastic thing i i don't remember exactly um you could make cars out of it you could make um, you know a rocket ship maybe is anything out of your imagination a crane maybe right hmm. so um that is something which i was i was used to playing in back in the days and uh, uh and i love putting things to work like like yeah i could build a car then i could build a crane and oh this plane can lift things if i um you know adjust the gears or you know the wheels and gears in in certain oh. ways they can make things efficient that was the thing that you know sparked my curiosity per se <laughs> that was okay. my first uh, instance of tech interaction oh. um wow let yeah, us guess so... <laughs> let us guess 
I guess uh-huh. this inspired you to build computers and CPUs on your own, right? Absolutely, no absolutely. So, exactly. So, uh, so the thing about this was there. There was this manual that was, um, you know, uh, provided with that uh, toy. Uh, I was following it for a while, but then after a while, it that that became boring for me. okay okay this car is built this way but can you tweak it this way and make it something else can you tweak this and can you build so wheels can be attached on top of the car also yeah sure so the car can twist and turn in um, you know in all axes yeah sure you can do that so that is something uh, you know learning sort of became organic for me right so somebody gave me a pc mm. so i would just disassemble it and check out things okay what is this or what does this do what does this do then slowly learning sort of nobody taught us tech we learned it organically so um, that was the thing that 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 uh, that has you know brought us here brought me here so i say <laughs> wait, right so wait so when was the first time you guys um saw a pc that's my question uh for me it was very late but still i'd say in the 2005 or 7 i guess that was the first time mm-hmm. that i saw that we got a pc no, um, i mean uh, have it in school or something we did have um uh, but it was not you know uh there was a rigid structure in school so you can't do these okay. things you can do only these things that was not really something that you know I, i was left with to play around it was something okay the teacher came the teacher said okay do this okay i did that yeah. something happened that's the it worst. the worst thing was <laughs> i would say that was not really a learning experience it was something very mechanical and uh, no i i don't think uh, <laughs> that would be i won't count that as first interaction with tech yeah yeah no i, I mean listen, it's, it's first in the sense that you were exposed to it ah it was uh, like i completely hated uh the way that i, I was exposed to pcs Just, mm. because okay there were windows 95 stuff there were some pentium 1 mm-hmm. stuff there pentium 2 mm-hmm. you know those ancient stuff like you know i just yeah. quickly remember there was this one pc which had a, a what is the what was the large floppy size the the big one 5 point no. nee that is i i don't remember <laughs> i, I 5 point that. something i guess huh. yeah I, i was in like second or third standard i don't remember and they had those floppy drives and they would put it you would have to boot it by putting that in and i don't hmm. know how it had yeah it was some crazy stuff okay there were dos computers like pure dos computers there which nobody oh, yes. used <laughs> and not dos how how okay anyway so those those uh, uh the teacher would come and like put on logo i was like dude what what am i supposed to do with logo i never learned i was much more fascinated when somebody print out like this one statement 100 times without like actually typing out typing them out you know the 
that was much more i was like how did you do this this is magic <laughs> yes but but they never they never showed us you know how to program and stuff they like use word use excel and uh, that was that was the was it it made me scared of using a pc because i would think oh my god did i just randomly put this computer to restart no it's just windows 95 <laughs> it's just restart <laughs> I didn't know mm-hmm. that. It was it was funny. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yes. So that was my next question in fact. I was okay. thinking that how did we learn like how did you guys learn technology? Uh I starting from let's say we all know now the our first interaction with tech but then what happened later and like definitely we did not learn it in school oh yeah so to <laughs> <laughs> that huh? um i guess i learned when i got a computer that's that's as simple as that right you get a computer and you start learning about you know it, it was it was fascinating okay so you get a computer you get the internet and you're like how do i get on the internet the guy who got you the computer like make some some dial up thing and yeah we we had a broadband connection and he gave us dial up okay and yes. so then you learn okay you can have a pppoe connection and uh, learn how to set that up those things and then you learn yeah you can tweak this tweak that that's how i guess you learn that's true <laughs> right for me to um, i mean it was all trial and error i just um so i uh, so i had windows i'll just go randomly exploring the file system doing hmm. things that i should not do <laughs> i used to do it so for example 32 um <laughs> yes exactly so deleting the system 32 folder <laughs> that is something you should not do <laughs> okay classic. so um yeah cl- classic right uh, so yeah. um i used to explore everything and anything that i i could find um so games were something uh, which uh, I, i back in the days i don't really think i had too much interest in games uh as opposed to oh. uh, you know the system the system as a whole that would be very abnormal for a kid my age <laughs> but still i found it very curious ki okay so what is this software that keeps on changing the wallpaper every 15 minutes remember the yeah, yeah, yeah. weird software web shots yes. or something right so the the computer guy had installed this and i i was very fascinated why why is this icon uh, you know flicking like some flash in a camera and uh, oh. uh, i used to ex- i used to go on these websites searching for wallpapers for some reason so uh, the fascination of uh, changing wallpapers every 15 minutes like, you know got me in this curiosity ki okay since wallpapers can be changed this way can other things also be changed so that led me to mm-hmm. other things 
like for example there was these customization packs uh uh if you if you remember the bryo packs um, i think they used to call them for wallpapers for wallpapers not really wallpapers but uh, wallpapers was my gateway to these things like i used to go and search for wallpapers and i found these right hmm. and yeah, I, uh, I ha so then uh, so I, i after installing them um, i could see that the entire you know thing has completely changed so the start menu has changed there are um, the wallpapers are absolutely that has changed and uh, the icons have changed and um, you know that was my first learning that uh, you can break a system but after breaking also you can learn something and you can put things back to where they were right this is, so yeah that's that's a very, like that's an important point right like you you need to break systems in order to learn them i exactly yes. exactly Some, you know, <laughs> it's 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 a regret. Like I did not break my system enough because I was too scared of losing, for example, my FIFA file. You know, because I was <laughs> right, yeah. right. You lose that file. Like, how am I supposed to restore? Because it happened to me. Right, I I played a game of FIFA and I had like this this particular team, and then um, it the entire system. Like I don't know what happened, but it went away. So I was very scared. and in school <laughs> you are like, always start oh my god don't do this cuz you're going to break the system like you and you realize you're not breaking the system right now i realize that of course mm-hmm. but um, no, back then people have this phobia especially in india do not break do not do experimentation in case you break something hmm. it's 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 a thing like i think it's like a uh, like when you don't have resources that's the that's the one thing what if you break this thing and then we do not have this particular resource that we invested into uh, yeah i think that risk factor we did not have mm. we right, cannot right. we could not afford like affording losing something is still some i think most of us will not want to have right yeah except you know we I think now we know very well we are not losing anything. I mean Max yeah. what would you have what would you have done you would have deleted the operating system like who cares. <laughs> now we <laughs> don't care but back then of course you did not know you thought the operating system was all there is. Uh <laughs> I wish I yeah. could introduce you to Linux way before all of this. But uh, yeah. Anyway <laughs> so my my learnings were very different to you both hmm. actually oh. what okay okay pc for me actually was introduced much earlier in the early 2000s because i used to go to my grandmother's place in odisha and uh, there you i used to find like my uncle used to have a pc it was a zenith pc i don't know if this oh, brand yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, zenith yeah. i remember Mm-hmm. yes so what happened was initially the only thing which fascinated me about that was the game road rash no oh, yes. <laughs> so, yes so apart from road rash there was another game called as claw do you oh. have you guys played it i have not played I... it but i have 
heard of it. Yeah, okay, but yeah. like huh. these two games were just for entertainment. And so, उसके बाद क्या हुआ कि मुझे खुद को ही guilt feel हो गया कि मैं सिर्फ game खेलते रहता हूँ. और क्या करूंगा तो लकीली दैट पीसी हैड अ सॉफ्टवेयर कॉल्ड एज माइक्रोसॉफ्ट इनकाटा ओह या द एनसाइक्लोपीडिया राइट यस काइंड ऑफ एनसाइक्लोपीडिया यस सो दैट बिकेम अ पोर्टल फॉर मी टू नॉलेज लाइक द थिंग्स व्हिच आई डिड नॉट हैव एक्सेस टू लाइक बुक्स एंड इंटरनेट या आई कुड रीड इट देयर like for any other country uh, what is the capital of this country or what is the population of this country i used to just go to its google earth kind of model and see where each country is and uh, look at the oceans read about that go to history timeline so you know that's when i realized the potential of tech that not only tech but this something like this has capability to teach everything like we can literally learn everything from using tech and just mm. so fascinating about like yeah i don't you know it's 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 really fun talking with the uh, younger people these days cuz they don't know all of this existed you know these sort of fossil software like i don't think that anybody is selling offline encyclopedia these days are they <laughs> <laughs> i know yeah, it was it, around i remember the effort needed to install microsoft encarta it was a 7 cd pack yeah. and oh my god just <laughs> install yeah, yeah. one cd after the other and you know so i don't think anyone will take that much pain now to for some offline encyclopedia thing instead they'll just google or ask alexa I don't think there mm-hmm. is any. There is, there are no longer offline encyclopedias. It's it's strange. Yeah. Because right? I remember there were all the you know back then it was like wow you have an offline encyclopedia like, and even before that for, forget about that like the the uh, time before the personal computer like imagine somebody getting an encyclopedia. you would have like what 30 40 books all lined up on a shelf just to get like access to information it is crazy i know so yeah i think that's how i learned everything using tech and uh, maybe yes so did you guys did you guys use any offline learning application or something uh, hmm i don't think so i i i, I remember buying one cd some weird uh, from an education fair it was um yeah. webopedia or something it was called but it wasn't matlab i i i did not explore it much i was not really I by by the time I had got it, I realized that, um, you know, so even for a small boy, na, you you really need something that captures his or her attention, na. So Microsoft, Microsoft is probably, you know, has that 
built a tool so microsoft uh, encarta is something which is designed in a good way and a small pers- small boy can you know start exploring things organically this my the thing that i that i purchased it was like a pdf book or something and uh, you know you couldn't explore it 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 had a linear way of exploration which uh, you know didn't i didn't really like you, if you go to some country some uh, country ka you know page then you the information wasn't presented in a way that uh, something i loved you know reading so um, i just did shit i i i ended up uh, you know stacking it away somewhere and i did not really explore it yeah. <laughs> so i, I that, guess that i had a <laughs> i mean i i guess i had a choice between microsoft encarta and microsoft age of empires and i chose age of empires So <laughs> yeah. I cannot say yeah. a good choice but yeah I think it was a brilliant <laughs> choice I think it was a brilliant <laughs> choice I think yeah so when we are talking big. about Microsoft yeah uh, so when we are talking about Microsoft I think we should also appreciate I personally appreciate them for the office tools which they had oh because yeah. that was also the first instance where i learned something from an application like i remember again uh, I, we used to get report cards from our school where we used to have marks of each subject and percentages were calculated yeah so my uncle taught me how to do that calculation part in excel microsoft excel oh wow so oh, okay. that was the first instance thing i learned so every summer i used to go with my report card hmm. and i used to enter subject name and marks just like a report card and yeah. i used to apply functions and see the percentage and that used to fascinate me a lot that what yeah. is happening behind like how is it calculating and just playing around with microsoft excel what i realized is i'm talking about when we were in second i guess third or fourth standard maybe mm-hmm. so what i realized is we can calculate same thing for all students in a row in a single column yeah yeah so mm-hmm. it's during that time when i realized why are teachers spending time in calculator writing marks of each student in their report card when they can just do it in a single command in excel hmm. you all keep asking mm-hmm. the same thing like, even now yeah why do this mm-hmm. in a more labor intensive fashion <laughs> it's microsoft excel was yeah office tools were powerpoint was my thing and uh, i never realized why i was being taught that but anyway i made animations on it and it was kind of interesting like you could yes yeah, that was the, hmm. that was like something i got from the internet and i did it and it was like yeah that's that's pretty cool move on to the next thing let's play a game or something <laughs> i i used to love the word art part in powerpoint they used yeah, to have so many oh, yeah, yeah 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 do they have them even now i don't know i i haven't seen uh, 
powerpoint yeah. and wire the what i remember is they used to all, also have a shadow like where you can have a the shadow of word art whatever you type on screen yes and i remember i don't use i even did not know the meaning of shadow what is shadow <laughs> so <laughs> okay yeah that was like pretty fascinating also hmm hmm right so word art is something that uh, i have played with a lot oh. oh those you know opening powerpoints stretching the words to the entire page i i for some reason i used to twist and turn those things too much um it was fun i used to love that love doing that The, the funny part is you the funny part is like powerpoint isn't even a very good software like i feel i feel is isn't it like i i don't know i think these days like you have uh, whatever you could do in powerpoint plus more on some random js module so hmm. yeah it was it was like strange how yeah, you, maybe i think but back in the day we i'm sure none of us knew javascript or of course any we other did tool. Know. I, i don't think so, javascript existed so uh, hmm. but yeah no i mean there were other programs you were just never taught you were always going to uh, microsoft office like cuz that was yeah. ended somehow i think yeah so what microsoft did was i think it gave exposure to everyone of us in each domain let's uh, i think when it comes to operating system it gave us windows it was the first operating like the first in everything we encountered with technology was mm-hmm. some microsoft product even the internet browser was internet explorer yeah oh my god good old day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was so yeah what after that like what all things did we learn and what well, like uh, are you talking about um, like after after getting a personal computer you how did you learn from that i didn't learn a lot i'll be honest till um, i encountered programming because before that personal computer was only Like it was only meant for like you know yeah I uh, did not learn a lot till I encountered programming because uh, you know the computer was so I I I used it to learn like I used to play chess on the computer but I did not you know improve a lot uh, but uh, I I. I browse the internet uh, mostly wikipedia because that was the amazing thing a free encyclopedia i mean come on when we were talking about microsoft and carta you know and uh, um, mm. but till i encountered programming i did not learn a lot like i knew and how that... stuff worked inside like a little bit yeah this is how an exe file must have something other things but i did not know what exactly was written inside it was strange mysterious and stuff but then i you know started learning i guess the first language was c++ for sure oh, oh, and yeah 
I think you guys studied C++ in class 11, right? Yeah, C++ yeah, yeah. in class 11. That was the that was when I started learning a lot more about computers. Like, you know, um different that there were different operating systems firstly. Oh my god, that was a mind-blowing experience. <laughs> like <laughs> what? You can't you can operate a computer without windows. Oh my god. How is that? How is that even a thing? How would that even look? I was Linux was like very funny when I first saw it. Cuz it was at the top, right? You couldn't move your your taskbar to the top and or you could, I don't know, like in in uh, Windows XP. But uh, yeah. Uh it, it, Linux was funny. I think the first I saw was Fedora. So um yeah, learned C++, learned C and then i realized that well of course i knew html but then i realized how many pro- like programming languages there were back then and uh, yeah that's when i was like yeah this is this, this rabbit hole runs really deep <laughs> you're getting that's that's how uh, i i got to learn more about it hmm. yes what about you sir Ah uh, I think uh I think my curiosity drove me to places where you know um so there was a innate um uh, you know there were there were these questions that were driving me so uh, so coming back to my point of these uh, changing wallpapers and everything mm. I realized that you could also change certain things not by installing programs but also changing some files so for example there were these configuration files uh saw on some forum or something i i read ki okay you if you change the you know this number then uh, the color could change or if you ca- change this uh, location of this particular um you know some some jpg or some png somewhere you could change how things look in uh, you know maybe you could change the boot screen or something right mm-hmm. so um, that is where i realized ki a computer uh, you know there is a very intuitive idea of a computer that you it will do what it tells you to do it will also do something wrong mm. uh, if you tell it to do the wrong thing so for example uh, if i tell it ki okay change this computer uh, change this uh, you know this uh, boot screen to some other uh, some wallpaper right and uh, but there is a you know there is a program inside that uh, that says ki okay i am expecting a uh say for example uh, 256 by 256 uh, you know resolution uh, image but i gave it a 512 by 512 image right mm. uh it will crash of course yeah. because it does not expect that sort of image so this is something that uh, you know drove home the point that you can make uh, computers do things and it is also dumb 
in some certain ways right yeah so that that was a that was a learning experience for me before programming came into my life right <laughs> so so that is um, you know that is something that i have explored so the first time you did programming was also in 11th correct yes the 11th was the first time when i um you know started learning programming um, what happened after that <laughs> after that so it was like a pandora's box i had <laughs> once you gave this so i have been exploring things before and suddenly i realized ki, oh you can program things and the computer can do uh you know it, it can do whatever you tell it to do in ways which uh, which are very unconventional so for example if you open a word file and type text on it it is a very controlled environment where uh, you know the, the the software has been designed so that if even if a user does a mistake it tells you i ah, yeah, okay this is a mistake that we have made but in programming you you sort of learn by doing disastrous mistakes mm. so, so just keeping Has- printing a open pointer hashtag help <laughs> so, uh, printing a open pointer is like uh, go on it will crash your pc like anything yeah. <laughs> so that is something that uh, that is that was a really important lesson for me uh, do not do not keep open pointers <laughs> uh, that is uh, that is where um, you know my first hand experience of programming um you know uh, started um <laughs> yeah yeah interesting i think first time for me was in the first day of my undergrad and oh. trust me it, it was as bad as it could get because professor comes and he writes the program on board and he says write this and execute and i'm like okay but wait i am using linux i don't even know what is c++ how will i compile it what does the word compile means and what does mm-hmm. the word run means i mean okay i know we have to execute a program but what does it mean exactly and <laughs> right yes i completely forgot that you uh, were not uh, part of the programming crew in 11 yeah i used to only bunk my drawing lectures to attend the labs i did not learn anything yeah, yeah. and also when <laughs> you guys were learning c++ and all, i was learning the technology of scales and ruler and yeah whatever other instruments <laughs> absolutely fascinating the most important technology the ad- of like the most advanced technology there can be ever and now i think nobody even uses them it's completely obsolete yeah mm, yeah nice nice like all all architectural and all engineering drawings are basically now on 
Why would you use paper? That's my first question. When you need precision. <laughs> Let's not dig into it. Some people might be. <laughs> <No. laughs> I'm just. I or I'm playing the devil's advocate here, but it's a very good question. Why use paper when you need precision? So. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. This. This. Uh, I was. never into programming much uh, i mean never into computers that much as i was like in uh, more traditional paper and pen things but uh, this yeah. thing became very clear when i went to an observatory for a couple of months how important computers were you know it's just you go there and you realize people are wasting months just gathering data like oh i have to go to this website and download it and like you waste like 12 hours just getting the data I'm like what what are you doing um so it's it's interesting um yeah so you so, you uh, you got uh, I didn't get the the part where there was that inefficiency so people used to Tell us about your experience in this observatory. Oh, okay, sure. So like, I went to uh, this observatory in uh, Nainital uh, okay. for a summer internship, and it was it was amazing. It was one of the one of my best experiences in my life. It was mm-hmm. uh, because now it's a beautiful area, Nainital, obviously, and uh, you could see stars like you have never seen before. It's like seriously, like you go there and you realize. just how beautiful the night sky can be because everything is obscured by dust and light pollution in cities and you went there and you realized just how important software is and like how important uh, like nobody was using pen and paper right you you're taught oh yeah you must you must do calculation and stuff and you have a calculator and you know nobody's doing that nobody even like bothers everything is on scripts right So <laughs> you have to go there and uh, you have to learn how to you know get data you learn how to uh, here's the data you have to make uh, backups and you have to get you have to process it in this but you have to make a pipeline basically that's what i learned there a data pipeline huh. okay yeah. so that, that's what the that's what the experience was it was like okay you have a telescope you get you have got this data now you have to do do the same steps for the data again and again right you you do the experiment on the thing yeah this is how you have to do you have to make a list of actions you need to do and then you have to do it for every other data so <laughs> when when you realize how much time it takes for one photograph to get it correct then you're like yeah you can't do this again and again so it's a big eye opener for anybody who goes there just how difficult it is to process an image and why computer should be the ones doing it not you <laughs> so yeah that's that okay. was the that was the thing and i just thought to myself listen if i had more training in programming i'll do this much faster much easier because i didn't know how to download data from the web you 
you regularly need um, reference images from the from you know established repositories somewhere. There are various repo rep public repositories available, and you just need uh, you need those things. Uh, you so while I was going there every other step and like downloading something, one of my friends just made a script. Every time he would just give this thing, give the name of it, and it gives you all the information. I was like, this, this is amazing. I didn't know how to do that. So, hmm. yeah. And the fun part is the professors there also didn't know how to do that. So <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, the, it's a problem. It's where you realize maybe two people here can really do this job much more easier much easier than uh, a single person could do it. So, yeah, that was that was kind of an eye-opener. Yes. I think that's a great thing in that uh, you got so much exposure. I don't think any of us being in computer engineering got that exposure, actually. Mm -hmm. that's, uh, yeah. That's the sad part of Indian education. You, yeah. you, they, they ready you for interviews, but not the actual stuff. And the actual stuff is sometimes like, possibly nobody actually, nobody has to do this thing. You know, it's, it's uh, most people have to deal with accounts when they, when they grow up. That's the sad reality. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. What about you, Saurabh? How was your experience after 12th, I guess? After 12th, uh, I mean, the foundation was laid in 11th and 12th only. Uh, that, was, that was where I learned, uh, you know, the, the tools were handed over to me and now the world was my oyster. <laughs> I, I, could, nice. I could, I could, I <laughs> could, I, I, by, after 12th, I was thinking of, you know, uh, solving known solutions in unusual ways. Um, so, for example, uh, could this, uh, could this script that I had, you can't call it a script, but this program that I have written in C++, um, I could write it down in some other language as well, uh, using the same constructs, but uh, certain with some syntactical differences. Mm. Uh, this was a, this was you know this was the first time when I realized that there are more than one ways to do uh, you know certain things, and uh, uh, and both the solutions to the same problem were correct. You could do it this way, yeah. you could do it the other way also. And both of them would be right. Uh, uh, I learned this uh, when I, I, you know, I started uh, the learning Java and other things. Um, so that's when uh, other things came into play, like Okay, this Java has this uh, memory management, and C++ does not. 
so you have to manage memory differently in java and uh, c++ handles it differently so uh, but the core part was you could solve uh, the question in uh, two ways and both uh, ways would be right uh, that was the learning immediately after 12th and my first year i guess in the undergrad um and uh, of course then uh, other disciplines also came into picture like uh, you know the os and how uh, things are connected not mm. just programming but the entire computer as a whole i sort of understood the okay this there is this hardware this interacts with the memory and mm. uh, your software could because uh, how things are linked um with the software and hardware running in tandem so these were very you know this is the sort of experience that every undergrad goes through i, I don't think there is uh, uh anything different but uh, yeah the, after that uh, uh things were pretty pretty linear for me uh not uh, no you know not much diversion in learning but uh, yeah uh, that was my experience yeah huh. yeah that's nice so yeah. in a contrasting way actually my journey mm-hmm. was pretty haphazard because mm-hmm. let's say during my childhood i used to learn other things using computer and i never thought of programming till i joined computer engineering undergrad program so what happened in the first day was when i was writing my first c++ code i did not understand why do we need a semicolon did you <laughs> what was your first code like seriously like so i'm asking for me like what what is the first code that you ever did it was hello world i guess or you some addition it? maybe okay no i think it was some addition or something it, right. i don't remember exactly but yeah my doubt was why do we need a semicolon and my program got some error and and i did not know that okay i am missing semicolon because i did not know that why semicolon is required so the person sitting beside next to me uh, i asked that why am i getting this error and the reply was semicolon dal de aa jayega uh-huh. i'm like but but why so it went down from there i did that of course and uh, so it continued with i think java and other languages also so the first mm-hmm. good thing about let's say tech or computer science which i realized was the sorting algorithm i think uh, that's yeah. when it hit me and maybe it is because the professor taught it very well or i could grasp the first thing because prior to that i remember i prior to that i remember i used to just irritate sorab with my question why null pointer what is pointer <laughs> what is exception yeah. why am i getting errors and he everybody, used to explain me everybody yeah, but asking the same question about why pointer okay anybody who's not doing c++ everybody's like why pointers <laughs> yeah that was my doubt and 
Yeah, I tried. I mean, Saurabh tried his best, actually. But yeah, some <laughs> things are just not <laughs> meant to be. So, but yeah. <laughs> but that sorting, that sorting algorithm changed my perspective because when when I went and I read about that, there are many sorting algorithms, and the thing is that no sorting algorithm is perfect. And as Saurabh mentioned, there are other. there are many ways to do a certain thing yeah. and from that i realized that there are many unsolved problems also so huh. after that i spent much much of my time in finding problems like you know going into the unknown direction of computer science what can we do i did and uh, yeah things like that why don't we have this command what will we do if we do this and if are there any problems which can be solved which are not there yet so i think in that direction i kind of grew yeah mm-hmm. but yeah i think that shaped me the question of you know open problems in computer science is extremely interesting because you know they are, they are after all mathematical problems and um, so i would say well there's this amazing book called godel escher bach um this is by this guy called douglas hofstadter if i'm if i'm right so he's a it, it was a very fast like it was a very you know hip book in in my college you know it's 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 what all the smart kids used to read and i read it because i wanted to be a smart kid uh but but i really got fascinated with what it was talking about even though i did not really understand a lot okay so what are your current personal states with tech like what devices are you using what thoughts do you have and what are your current experience um I need a new computer. Is my current content tech <laughs> <laughs> for gaming? That is or, always true. I don't. I think I have a fascination with aesthetics of a computer. Like you ask me to spend money on a sports car, <laughs> you ask me to spend money on like I don't know some yacht. No, I'd rather have five different. I'd rather have a supercomputer. You know. <laughs> like yeah. yeah people dream of like sports cars and i dream of super computers or at least a mainframe you know that's what that, that's what you want i don't know Main what I, a smaller super computer is what i'm going to say like you have enough processors to just give it about like a billion particles and see like 2 billion particle galaxies colliding that's what i want to see that's my thought in tech why <laughs> <laughs> wow. my current no, i'm just i'm joking but like my my current uh, status with tech is i have a laptop which is overheating i need a new computer basically <laughs> i have a mobile which is fine i guess it's not a problem uh and that's all the tech i have right now okay yeah. what about you sara um Okay so 
for me right now i think uh, i think i know enough to put things to work but i think uh, i don't know enough to put you know things to work on some questions that haven't come up yet so for example um this quantum computing thing that mm. that is really something uh, that will open up new questions and new horizons for you know the entire computer science community as a whole mm. I, i think uh, i think that will require a sort of thinking that uh, we are not accustomed to and uh, that is something which i look forward to uh, i am basically bored i am bored of <laughs> i am bored of doing the same road things i i i want to solve new problems and uh, you know in a different way in an unconventional way as uh, as has been the journey till now um and i i really love to see something new happen in cs uh i i would love to be a part of it when it comes um yeah that is that is my current state <laughs> yeah i think i can relate pretty much with you because uh, if you remember like during even in uh, during our undergrad also we all used yes. to get so much fascinated with a new phone or a new computer or even a new hardware part mm. so mm. much mm. and that continued till long long time i think specifically till last i think 2 3 years back i think till 2017 or something when we used to keep yes. track of all versions of android we used to have debates of android versus ios absolutely and- <laughs> <laughs> i do remember yes Hmm. yes so but i don't know what happened after that but uh, there's a slight change in the mentality or perspectives uh, with respect to tech what i feel is the fascination which i had in earlier stages of my life and then the curiosity of new tech now technology has become pretty need need by need basis it's like whatever need i have technology is there for that like i am not addicted about it neither i am too much engrossed into it or like i do not follow what devices or operating system versions it is going on i don't know if it is true for everyone or only me yeah absolutely true we don't because you know at a certain point of time you realize an operating system is an operating system You, if it serves the purpose it serves the purpose that's it you don't really i mean there are obviously positives and negatives but if it's working for the specific thing it was designed to do that's it you don't really it 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 looks childish to you know argue if ios is better or android is better unless you know either of them have some serious security flaws otherwise it's it's completely childish because it is you know to just an yeah. iphone ios better than android i mean in in what regard yeah you have to pay 
lot more money to get an iOS, but otherwise, both of them are same. They serve the exact same purpose, uh, and it's just certain design choices that are different, I guess. And and the same thing comes down to, like, to be honest, the phone game. You know, new phone comes up, and this and that comes up. It's it's all like, uh, what I would say is they're just flavors of the season. They will change, and you just after a while you just don't care about it. You you hmm. just like yeah it's a new phone yeah it's, it's it's cool. Like I guess the last great change in phone. I mean like in in the in the early two thousands right it was a big deal when a phone came out because there were radical changes in mobile technology. So for example in the mid two thousand in the mid nineties or the early nineties rather. you had the giant motorola handsets which were rage like people would people would actually take out their large motorola handsets with these heavy batteries and then go around you know it's it's a flex at that time but in the early 2000s you had the nokia phones you had cheaper phones you had the expensive phones with smaller touch screens and then the very first iphone came out and completely changed the game So it was a it was a different time. Now it's just more of the same thing. I mean, have is any phone really that different from the iPhone? I guess yeah. you you can say the the fold folding screens are different, and the the kind of the thing. They're all flavors of the season. They will go away. Uh, so it's you at a point of time you just like yeah okay sure <laughs> now what's next. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, that's true yeah. for everyone. So, Sora, what devices do you have now? What? Oh, me, I. So for me, gadgets are very. I mean, I have a small list. Uh, I have a desktop PC. I have a small server which I have built right now. I just installed water cooling inside it yesterday. That was interesting. Wow! Um, wow! Like, yeah, like hand. I mean, like no, cubing or like no, not really. AIO. Not really. It's an AIO. <laughs> okay. I I don't think I'm an expert at plumbing <laughs> as much as <laughs> I would like to be. But yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. So it's a small server. Uh. For a personal project, and. Uh, hmm. uh there's a laptop with me and there's one more laptop which has gone bad the screen has gone bad but i somehow find uses for it now uh, i just got this small uh, mi box uh, just during this lockdown which i think is i mean even uh, this this uh this android and ios uh, oss have penetrated into segments which uh, i we never imagined i mean who would have thought the yeah. tvs would have would become uh, smart in ways like you can install app on a tv that is weird never hmm. thought tvs would have apps yeah right yeah. so apps like uh, i i i was like wow so that means he um, there are other things where um, you know that that can be made 
where you can install os and get things done out of them which were never really possible previously so i remember sandeep and i doing this project um in our undergrad iot was a iot project and uh, i mean uh, all we needed was back then that the industry comes down uh, to a standard mm. you know uh, which is what these uh, oss are doing right now so for example android is now getting into uh, you know tv so it has uh, already gone into and there's this smart watch and uh, other uh, you know smart speakers and everything um yeah. uh, so so these guys are setting standards for um uh, you know connectivity and uh, device interaction uh this was something that uh, we as an individual could not do but organizations which have power to do it say cisco or uh, apple or google they are doing it right now and uh, i i think it is uh, interesting uh, times that we are living it and uh, and there's more to come uh, in terms of connectivity uh, that we haven't seen and therefore my gadget list is not yet complete and i would love to see i would love to add a few more things uh going forward <laughs> um so that is yeah, it. yeah. more gadgets <laughs> more gadgets yes that the answer to everything sandeep yes. has the answer sandeep has probably yeah. just uh, one computer or something yeah so for my gadgets like earlier i used to even you both know that i used to love new gadgets and i always wanted to have a good one but yeah what it now when i see that uh, what gadgets do i need and basically i have a phone just for communication mm. so though it's a smartphone but whatever other purposes it had of social networking or uh, other things i barely use that for those things now and yeah. that change i have realized last year because when i was reading something reading a book or some papers that's when i realized that what we are doing is we are not investing our time in learning something the all oh, those okay. additional things we have in our computers let's say beat games or entertainment channels tv series and all those stuff mm. we are barely learn, learning anything so that hit me and uh, then i decided to take a step back and uh, maybe limit the impact of technology it has in my life mm. so right now i do have a computer i do have a phone and i do have a speaker as well but trust me i use that speaker more than my okay ye gaya ye iska kuch nahi hone wala theek hai chalo aane do usko hmm 
क्या वोडाफोन से ही कनेक्ट कर रहा है ना ये क्या पता किससे कनेक्ट कर रहा है एमटीएनएल से कनेक्ट कर रहा है जो है ही निशान नागपुर में अरे उसका ना एरिया में पूरा स्टूडा पे कनेक्टिविटी ना वोडाफोन चलता ना उसका वो इंटरनेट वो इंटरनेट में उसको बोला बीएसएनएल का ले ले भाई ओके स्पीकर एज वेल यस एंड दैट स्पीकर इज बीइंग यूज्ड मोर देन माय फोन फॉर म्यूजिक यस आई सी ऑफ कोर्स सो yeah of course so that's kind of a good thing because um and also not to forget the most important device which i have is my kindle oh yeah i too have a yeah. kindle yes i think I that mm-hmm. is one kind of a device from which i think it is made to learn or read and where you cannot waste your time i think that's what i liked about that device so see, i i'm on the brink of saying okay i'm i'm on the brink of i'm definitely for uh what i would say tech regulation for example i completely hate the idea that kids parents think it's a very good idea to just leave uh kids with a ipad because the apps in in inside of it are very specifically designed right they're, they're not uh, you know you could you could argue that we all had our we wish we all had our um, introductions to tech much earlier but we always wanted it in the right fashion like before we were really afraid to break things or you know understand like we wanted to understand how things work and i'm sure there are kids who look at an ipad and think oh my god i i want to i want to know how this thing works i mean like or they think it is so intuitive that they forget to ask that question and i think that's majority of kids uh because the apps that they interact with they're basically dopamine devices they addict you to whatever you're doing on that app and because the uh because the design is such that they reward addiction kids are very susceptible to you know tech addiction and that is happening so uh hmm. i am definitely for tech regulation in the sense that you know kids below 8 should not really be or like below 6 at least should not really be exposed to overtly exposed to tech like it it should not be that here you go you're five you're four years old you barely know your name here's an ipad just spend your time and leave me alone should not be parenting technique <laughs> yes it's, and it's a very bad thing yeah that's what that what strikes me as well like are we getting extremely dependent on technology uh for like, sure there is one there's one thing in having technology as part of a life or even a major part of a life and there's another thing in making technology as life you know you know i think both of them are it, it's like it's not uh this it is that but uh, i would like to say it's a it's a different point of view that we have to take your mobile phone for example your device is basically an extension of yourself 
right and uh, you need to learn how to use it it's like giving a person a sword and telling them yeah that's an extension of yourself but you don't really teach a person how to use a sword i'm just taking a random example and, and when to use a sword when to use a sword how to use a sword so that you don't stab yourself or kill somebody by accident yes so as you know the, because swords swordsmen across the world always say sword is an extension of yourself and all those things and m- mobile tech mobile tech in general is kind of that you have a you have a watch to measure how many miles you have gone you have a mobile phone to uh, connect to people you have for example other wearable technology to help you uh, to help you find out more about yourself they're not supposed to be something where you get stuck that's i think is a major problem and i would like to give an example there is a game called world of warcraft i'm sure you guys know about world of warcraft which you know which is an mm. mmo rpg which is basically um you know it's an rpg it's a role playing game with lots of people and everybody plays together so why it's no i'm not saying this is a standard behavior okay there are many people who like to game but it was released in 2003 right and ever since then there have been several like several games which have come out and they 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 all are in a lot of ways better than world of warcraft because the the uh, graphics are old and you know it's it's a, a potato can run that run that game but um it's designed to tickle your brain in the right fashion it's designed to reward uh people who you know become addicted to it and uh it it it, it is a big issue uh of course like you know there are lots of it, it's a very complex thing why certain people get addicted to games and all of the other things there's there's a lot of lot of questions and there are people in in psychology who are who are all researching about it because games by themselves are not bad right they they're supposed to uh and and it's not the only thing humans get addicted to but the, that specific game has is designed in such a way that people keep coming back to it despite having better options so you know when you leave like a small kid with an ipad and on an app any app even a ch- even a child's app for example which is designed to tickle uh, the child's mind in the right fashion um they will not find joy in anything else yes hmm. so right. the first thing i think the first thing we notice it forms a permanent image and it remains for long uh i mean what are you talking about i think the like the first interaction which a person has with technology yeah. it remains for long let's say if a child only judges a technology by the games he can he or she can play or only the social networking sites which we can use that's uh, what the perception of technology becomes and i think that becomes 
one of the reasons for addiction because we don't perceive perceive a game as a mm. recreational thing we perceive it as something which has to be done no i i disagree with that point i don't think like children form perceptions like that uh children can divert their attention like the the point of being a child is to have so much attention capability and so less of it and so little of it you know simultaneously that you can do a number of things at once like a child's mind goes to eight different things in a day that a yeah. adult's mind not simply can't not a so, child actually i would say anyone who is let's say introduced is given an ipad right or a personal computer right or even a mobile phone i think today children are being given that at pretty early age and at an age where they don't understand what technology is and all they know about it is we have to play games in it not you know, something that's not a bad thing i don't think that's a bad thing at all because there there are lots of i mean it's i'm not saying just like games are bad i'm saying like the entire idea of giving children access to tech before say the age of 6 or 7 i don't know is is wrong uh, in in the in in a different fashion so okay so I'm, what i'm saying is if you give a kid ipad or if you give a kid an xbox or a computer or whatever before the age of 6 or 5 they're all the same to them they don't really under you barely know your name <laughs> and yeah. you are uh, you don't understand the inner workings of anything you are really excited to play a game uh, that that is you, you know you 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 want to interact with things and computers and the ipads or anything like that are infinitely interactable and uh, the problem becomes when you give a child an ipad for you know hey i want i want some relaxation i'm talking like uh, if if there's a parent who gives a kid an ipad and like you know do whatever you want i'm just going to i'm just going to chill for one hour the kid is not going to stop at one hour that's what i'm trying to say it's not a problem that they play a game or anything it's just you have to be very careful about how you how early you expose them like as we talk right what's what's my first memory is of a tv now tv is ubiquitous now right it it's not and it's equally as addictive so i mean there were there were people who were getting addicted on i don't know bird watching in the 1950s there were people who so human beings will always seek dopamine inducing behavior my problem is when you introduce somebody to such an interactive uh, uh design where you get dopamine for every little thing you do that's the kid will never move to anything else. that is my point they should be free to explore but at a certain point of time that's why you don't introduce children to gambling you know <laughs> because people get addicted to gambling and that's basically what these days all games are you know csgo csgo has like skin gambling fifa fifa has player gambling and everything else is so you don't introduce children to that because gambling is addictive 
and uh, children do become addicted really fast so uh, that's why i say you need regulations in how early you are exposed to tech if you do not yeah. have any right when you are like 7 8 you have stuff to do so you probably wouldn't be like yeah i'm going to spend my entire day on tech although that's something that people will do but you will not do it as often as you would when you're like 4 years old and you will not be you'll not cry when people take your ipad away from you that's what i would say so a little bit mm-hmm. more understanding comes out and a little bit more uh, um maturity comes out in a child and they can understand what they're doing yes mm-hmm. but we cannot expect a child to be mature right i mean i mean uh, so yeah I'm, does does timer or or a daily timer solve this issue or can solve this issue because uh, yeah point of reference being uh, i don't know if it was true for you guys or not but like whenever i used to go out to play during my childhood days or even watch television i used to have a specific timer like i can only that was pretty strict but yeah like i can do this thing for only 30 minutes or i can only play for 2 hours so if let's say if this kind of strictness is introduced to a child then yeah. will it limit addiction to a specific game i mean yeah um uh, i mean as draconian as it sounds i think that is a certainly a way uh it's it's definitely a way it's like you you just limit access you just don't have the access but uh is it healthy that is my question so yeah since a year actually this worked for me yeah since a year and pretty late actually mm, mm. the first instance when i realized that i have been using my phone for more than 2 hours and some social networking sites which okay. yes of course <laughs> yeah. so when i realized that and it was because of this timer thing and because i could realize that i started limiting myself to a specific amount of time i can spend on an app and yeah. trust me from one and a half hours on that site to zero mm. in an hour in a, in a year yeah yeah so, so i think it help me i don't know if it is positive for everyone or not i mean definitely we should have freedom to play games or even access any site yeah. we want to but timer is something i think which can help because there are so many things out there to explore like okay oh. you don't want to play games you can play games but only for 30 minutes or an hour do other thing use technology but go and read books or watch something i mean or walk don't don't restrict yourself to a specific game or a specific site i think yeah i mean uh, the reason why like i think like kids would given a chance they would play say cricket or football for hours but they can't physically so there's a limiting factor there right you yes. you don't expect a kid to play 5 hours of football because it's physically impossible so in the same way you must uh have some sort of a limitation <laughs> to how much you can game or how much you can use tech before certain ages 
like when a person is say 14 or 15 i would say yeah do whatever you want you don't have any restrictions but when they're younger right that's when the formative years are very important when Now, okay the teenagers and young people are more addicted to social networking sites i mean and what applies to gaming it applies to these sites as well right so absolutely i'm talking about any sort of addiction yeah so uh no, uh no matter how much important an application is hmm i think setting a timer on Hmm. I I I I think uh, I think the part about addiction and especially when it comes to children hmm. I think uh, I think every child is different and uh, and you know, it's up to the parent um how they want to raise their kids and I I, I don't really have a opinion on that but uh, i would say i i think we are very new to this i think there are several things that we as humanity have to learn and uh, i i borrow these words from murphy's law and say that yeah. whatever whatever is going to go wrong will go wrong and we'll learn from it and we'll find out ways to you know become better Yeah, but, um, but you know it's it's actually kind of huh. simple in the sense that okay first thing i would like to say is like nobody teaches any human being how to be a parent it's just not taught there are Correct. no schools or colleges or diploma courses to how to be parents right Correct. this is yeah. trial and error and most parents or human beings are not uh either like they do not understand the gravity of certain technologies like we are only finding out we are only finding out about the uh harms of social media just as an example okay right it it it, it is problematic you can't just say like there are no downsides to social media there are, there are lots of uh issues here yes so uh i agree to both of these points that brings to another question that okay forget social media and gaming so how can an individual generate more interest in other forms of technology or as technology only technology i think um there are well the first most important thing is you can customization right we have all talked about how we wanted to customize our own experience on things like hey i want to change the way these wallpapers were looking or i want to change the frequencies or the size you know that's that's something that developed uh interest uh, i wanted to know how certain how images were formed on a screen or uh i wanted to know about how i can do this task much simpler or some other sort of things it's about customization so that's the first thing that everybody should look for how to customize their own experience and learn how to customize it and even if you're say you're not a programmer or you're just like i don't know you're a tailor or something and you want to be like customized you want to have customized uh, things you want to have a display up in front of you which tells you exact cuts and stuff like that and you want to recreate them 
so um yeah. that is exactly right and because everybody knows their demands better than we know their demands so uh yeah. that's the first thing that everybody should go for trying to customize their experience what do you think sarav um so uh, i'll go go at this question with a different context um i think uh, to generate interest in something a person needs to know how it works and uh, there are some certain some certain uh, subconscious why's that need to be answered uh, for example sandeep uh, spoke about his uh, college experience about that semicolon and the reason why it is there mm. i think uh, every human um you know while interacting with tech or anything has these questions but they never say it out loud or never really uh, you know walk that path of uh, uh learning and uh, what happens is uh, uh since uh, we never understand you never try to understand those things mm. we develop a sort of uh, you know a stale connection with tech where we really don't understand why this works and uh, uh, but we we understand enough to you know make it work or i'd say jugad <laughs> in uh, in in uh, indian context <laughs> but uh, uh so understanding uh you know having a deeper sense of understanding of uh, tech and uh, uh not just using it uh, uh you know uh, as a tool to solve a problem um in very superficial way uh, will help uh, people understand tech and generate a genuine interest uh, uh, in technology or say programming as a whole um mm. the those are my few uh, sense right i don't yes. think yeah. the the problem is mm-hmm. most people will not like they'll be like yeah why should i you know it's, it's i've realized something as i that I've is grown, true i've realized something as, as i've grown up is that mm. people don't like to look information they hate new information they would rather not know mm-hmm. things than new things like it's it's completely in school it's almost the same thing you don't want to know what you are being taught and as you grow up you realize this thing never really goes away people hate as much as we can say you know we all love new horizons of knowledge and stuff like that that's not true that's a very small subset of people in the wider range of people uh in the wider range of all humans uh i don't mm. think that's really true they would rather not know how tvs work and just have the tv you you, you understand they they want that they want the interaction with objects rather than knowing how objects work and i think that's a only a very small subset of people will be like I want to know I want to know how this this uh, this thing works or why this wire is the way it is or why this board is this or why is there a semicolon and most of them 
would go on then to become engineers and like <laughs> that's a given absolutely that's a given right right, right. Yes. And, so so that is that is uh, that is uh, that is absolutely true i agree with that uh, i would say i speak for the engineering community uh, when i yeah. talk about uh, generating interest in tech otherwise so we'll have we'll have we, we this general population doesn't even need to know a lot about tech going forward we'll have interfaces that that just read things out of her mind and do things that uh, uh, we want technology to do uh, i um, the, huh. that that is the you know that is the utopian idea of tech um yeah that, that i have in my mind uh, but so, uh, uh, huh, yeah sandeep uh, sandeep to can summarize to summarize yeah. pathakrit gave the idea of like more experimentation with tech and uh, yeah. sorab you focused on like reading more about the fundamentals and uh, asking questions about it so mm. definitely these two things will impact on beginner or uh, uh, yeah a beginner person who is just introduced to tech to get no to know more about it and grasp it in a better way mm. what do you guys think about that uh, if we are going to live with technology and as murphy's laws stated by sarab it is going to happen if we are going to live mm-hmm. with it then shouldn't we have kind of an applied applied topic with in technology let's say a person is interested in gaming and right. the person is playing that game in his or her initial childhood years so right. it's a moral responsibility for everyone involved around the tech to introduce the positives negatives and where it can go damn wrong also absolutely hmm. 100% i If think uh, it is introduced at a very early level at least the child or a person is exposed to it and then the destiny is in that person's hand how he or she treats it to be i completely that agree is... i think uh, like people who got onto social media did not ask for that the the you know the, the side effects of it is what i would like to say and uh, because a people did not know that it will happen and uh uh so going forward i guess people should be more upfront about uh, this base, basically you you need to have regulations i'm not saying like you you need draconian laws but some sort of a you know yeah uh, some sort of a guideline to you know this is how you mm. should approach it this is this is what has been positive for rest of the world like you know and and you are coming into it please limit to like one or two so now when we have discussed our whole journeys in technology Mm. do you guys what do you think like uh, do you have any specific lesson you have learned the most important lesson you have learned or do you have any regrets like you could have done with technology sarab um i would say uh, my regrets are not um specifically with tech as is uh, with the human experience 
I would say, um, I would say, I I should have been more involved with, uh, you know, people rather than algorithms in terms of uh, in terms of you know, uh, getting more people interested in the, uh, you know, in programming, uh, you know, collectively. for example when you, you you know when you build something you uh, you sort of think of ideas and you just type away at a problem trying to solve it mm. but uh, but i think uh, uh, i regret that i did not really you know engage more people uh, with me uh, in say solving a problem or building something uh which i realized after i you know after college and uh, started working uh i realized that uh, people have different perspectives and people have you know you can solve a problem really fast uh, if you have these different perspectives in front of you mm. um i think i would have learned more and uh, you know uh learned it faster as well uh that is something i regret and uh, i think more people should be more you know involved together while solving a problem or understanding something that would that would really help yeah yeah so, kind of something leadership and collaborative interaction right right exactly exactly yeah, yeah. line star walls just made get up for that so very important this <laughs> idea yeah to interact yeah. without interacting right that's very important <laughs> you could say that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, i i would say like if there's any advice i would have given to my you know 13 14 year old self is don't be afraid of breaking things in the sense uh, don't be afraid of like experimenting till you break things like i didn't understand that. computers back then right and nobody told me oh listen there's so many things you can do here and i would have done given an opportunity oh i would have done but i they uh to say like breaking things was important i think that's a very important concept when it comes to scientific any sort of scientific study uh i i guess this is a, this is not my quote but like i'm recoding it from somebody else and it's basically that uh indian students are more afraid of breaking like chemistry apparatus because they they're afraid of breaking it they're afraid of doing an experiment because they're like oh my god what's going to happen if i do this i mean it's a very good thing to think about the consequences of an experiment but it's also very important to do the experiment itself and um gain ideas from it and that's not really taught to you in in computer science it's not really taught to you in uh, in school so yeah that's that's what i would say like don't be afraid of breaking things do an experiment till like something goes wrong and then figure out why it goes wrong and that's i think the best way of learning anything yeah no wonder you did physics <laughs> <laughs> why why is that why is that thing experiments i mean that's so much energetic uh, 
yeah you have a lot of energy to for experiments <laughs> that is possible oh, yeah. i mean i mean i i see i i love doing experiments in in a physics lab the problem is there's only so much you can do without uh, saying oh you cannot do this because this is not precise enough and uh, yeah but there's a lot of things you can do and uh, uh, again the problem there is also you are afraid of breaking things but <laughs> uh, yeah. but it's fun <laughs> especially in computers you can break things and be fine with it well yeah. if you break your motherboard then you won't be getting a new pc for sure i meant software experiments <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> your motherboard is not an experiment we know the result yeah <laughs> definitely so when it comes to my experience i have a couple of lessons and regrets one uh, i think it can be counted as both we learn from our mistakes so life and computer science kept giving me signs mm. to read more about something for example the sorting thing which i mentioned or a, mm. even a simple semicolon thing had i had mm. time and dig into it forget the external uh, time constraints we had or any other factor had i dig into it my perspectives would have changed a lot earlier mm. i would have realized the importance of mathematics in computer science yeah earlier and uh, yeah i think that would have saved a lot of time and uh, yeah so i would have learned in a different way because what we got perspectives in during our studies was a typical computer engineering perspective we really knew that there is something called as computer science which is mm. mostly mathematics so true yeah and uh, yeah i should have dig into it even in the final year when we were working on the iot project mm. i was getting ideas and we were actually we both were getting ideas and we knew how it could have been done but i did not dig into it yeah i did not give it time yeah uh, so i think that's what whenever anyone whenever an individual gets these signs uh, we should not ignore it because down the line we realize that those are important things and those signs are not repeated yeah again and again so one was that and second point was that what i confused human interaction with uh, interaction through technology i think that's mm. where i spent more of my time uh, i could not differentiate these things and uh, yeah uh, so better late than never i guess so these two regrets <laughs> and lessons which i have but yeah let's see how it goes ahead you know i don't i don't think uh, it's for us to like look at the destination but the road and the road is like in my opinion you will only go the same way if you just look at the same direction you have to look you have to know that there are little bit you know you have to experiment with things that's what i always say 
like if you if you don't experiment with this then you you're never going to find a new path to it as simple yes so that's right absolutely mm-hmm. yes that's true so anyway yeah i get let's wrap up yeah sure yes 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 nah no, def- definitely we enjoyed it i mean we guys know each other for i think 11 years now oh yeah. man i did not yeah so, right. but yeah it is and it is <laughs> yes it is 11 years and we it was kind of surprising to know that uh, we still did not know most of the things we talked in this episode so yeah <laughs> talk about more things to happen more yeah. things to talk about really yes mm-hmm. yes that's it then yes that's it